We welcome you into another episode of Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. It's a bellwether for the industry in many ways, a barometer of where the world is headed. And now in its 20th year, the annual Alex Partners Global Outlook illustrates the detail behind the health of automakers, auto suppliers, fleet, dealer groups, and tech companies in 2023. The findings can be eye-opening, to say the least. The scope and approach represents a behind-the-curtain view of the industry, with an analysis that sheds a different life on the auto space. Today, we spend time talking about the key takeaways. We'll talk Chinese EV competition, internal combustion engines, and their future in North America, and the viability of the supply base as the world gets more challenging and ever-changing. Mark Wakefield walks us down the path. He's the global co-leader of the automotive and industrial practice at Alex Partners, the global multi-industry consulting firm with deep roots in automotive. How will auto-related companies survive and thrive in this unprecedented shift from internal combustion to electric, from tech companies competing with auto companies, from dealers competing with direct-to-consumer, and all of the other truly monumental disruptions taking place right now? What role will the auto industry play in the business world of the future? Today, Mark tells us on Automotive Insiders. Well, Mark, what a pleasure to have you on the program. Welcome in to the program. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. You and your team at Alex Partners recently compiled the 20th annual, hard to believe it's been that long, Alex Partners Global Outlook which I understand you and others are right now in the process of showing in detail to automakers and suppliers, fleet and dealer groups, even some tech companies. Uh, let's just start with uh, your own elevator speech on what the outlook looks like. Let's, let's get into the scope and approach and, um, and, and maybe how it differs from some of the other firms that are out there. Sure. Um, I mean, at first, it differs because it's really... Uh, exposing some of the best work we've done in the last year. And we do this for the last 20 years of getting the global team together to say, you know, what's what's been the most relevant thing more broadly than the, the engagement you were working on that matters to the global industry. And so I think this year we had about a close to 200 people that, that you know, contributed in from their projects um, from the global team. Uh, so a lot of people put in a lot of work to say, get on the same page about what's important and what's moving forward. And so it's not really like a, you know, a thought piece out there. It's more sharing a bit of our thinking and our, our from our best and brightest from the year. I would say we, we study a lot of different things. One of the things we always do is financial and in, in forecasts, volume forecasts. And in part, we do that because there's not a lot of unbiased um, views on those things. And I don't mean unbiased like nefariously. <laughs> I mean, just actually with things like momentum-based forecasts or things like analyst reports that may generally be more optimistic than, than what might otherwise be happening. Um, and because we're participants in the industry and not sort of just studying it, uh, I think the pragmatism of what we see as, as issues and opportunities is a little different. So I would say it's, it's that's my preface and hopefully I'll live up to it in the next a little bit. Um, 
that's clear. Uh, the, the basic overviews that we're seeing is that we've seen pent-up demand having sort of a growth equilibrium gated by semiconductors still, but now getting more into gating by labor and other, other constraints, but constraints that are easing and that ease by the end of 2024 into a, you know, a, a potential surplus environment. So getting back to more of a, a push mentality likely is what that means for, for auto companies and for auto suppliers. It means now having higher volumes and more steady volumes but having automakers that are under pressure financially more so than they were in the past. And then for, for dealers and after sales, it means um, sort of a, more of a return to the competitive environment versus customers feeling like uh, there isn't going to be one available for me, so I've got to take what I can get and pay what I have to pay. So that's, that's on the sales piece and on the market piece. This year, we looked at China in particular as it's kind of a laboratory for the world and said, you know, that what is clear from a couple of things. One is China being the, the largest exporter now in the world in the first quarter for the first time on seeding Japan and really coming from fifth place from just two years ago. Um, and so that looks, oh, are the Chinese coming? Well, not necessarily the, the point. The point being they're winning in China the exports don't really matter to them now. Um, the reasons they're winning in the electric vehicle space in China, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that. And that sort of laboratory can be used to figure out what to do in Europe and North America to change. So it's particularly around automakers and, and particularly around electric vehicles, but also about uh, how they approach the market and how they approach customers. Um, on the electrification side, uh, then a lot of a lot of change going on there as electrification becomes um, a a when not if scenario and gets out of some of the early adopter phase and starting to get into more of the mass market phase, which changes the focus changes the focus on on cost on people who are less willing to put up with with certain problems, but also who who want a certain um, customer experience and at a certain price. And so this is, is uh, consuming a lot more energy and cost from people, but in the automakers, diverting money rather than adding to money being spent, which has a lot of implications around the ICE vehicles, the uh, gas powered vehicles. Um, in the longer run, we see this going to the majority of the markets by 2035. Um, Electric, electric vehicles, battery electric vehicles being the majority of the market by 2035. And that seems like a long way away, but it's, it's really not so long if you start to think about, you know, 10 years to build a lithium mine and processing, you know, four years to get really battery plants from you know, the first point to producing at volume and, and in yield. Uh, and then, of course, the, the vehicle development cycles and doing those vehicles as competitive, must-win, you know, bringing a gun to a gunfight instead of knife to a gunfight, you know, fast approaches to EVs. So taking the lessons not just from Tesla, but also from these Chinese and uh, EV companies and applying them to get world-beating product out there. And related to that, I, I saw a, a reference to uh, that piece of the study indicating ice melting 
<laughs> yeah. which is appropriate, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're surprised no one's used that yet. But <laughs> right, so was I. Yeah, we started. Uh, you know, I think in 2014 we coined the term "case" for you know connected autonomous, right. aired and electrified, and then people took that up. So hopefully people will pick that one up because I think it's a uh, it's a cute one, and it, it on the global scale you really see it, um, and then on the North American scale you sort of see a plateau of of ice in the next three years, this year and the next two years, and then it, it's starting to really fall off. You already started to see that that realized melting in in Europe and in China, in North America. That that plateau is really a pent up demand um, boost back. So it's 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 not a oh maybe this will stick around. It's it's really just the pent up demand coming back from a Let's share. Perspective, it's it's a continual decline. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about the business in general. Alex Partners business in general. Um, I've had a lot of interaction through the years in my previous role uh, at Automotive News. I know that uh, you're very, you're a very analytical firm, very results oriented. Uh, we had the chance to meet with your team numerous times uh, over the course of the last decade, and that's maybe a contrast to other consulting firms who may also be very good but take a, a broader, higher level approach. Is that a fair assessment? And I guess related. Uh, which approach or a combination of approaches do you think is going to be needed for uh, automotive industry uh, firms and companies to survive in this shift from, as you say, internal combustion to electric? Yeah, I think we're getting from a world of, you know, studying what to do to having to do it. And when you need to figure out what to actually do and how to do it, our combination of people who have played significant downs in the auto industry in major functions, including as chief engineers, as CEOs, CFOs, uh, as well as, as just having responsibility for launching vehicles and other things. In concert with top-tier consulting training, most of our people spent those downs in the industry and in other consulting firms uh, or advisory firms. And then they sort of graduate to Alex Partners. And I say that in a way, and the proof point of that is, my team around the world has more than 20 years of average experience. That's average experience. So these are not a bunch of fresh MBAs off the school bus that are applying, you know, very smart first principles approaches to things. These are people who are intimate with the industry and able to drive change um, in a pragmatic way. And that's been the secret of our success, that, that very pragmatism, um, action orientation, and so we, we don't see the product of what we do as, as paper or studies, but as, as change in companies. When we talk about suppliers, if I want to understand where suppliers are in 2023, all I have to do is look at the automotive outlook and find that the profit gap between automakers and suppliers is significantly narrowing, primarily due to a shrinking pricing power in the marketplace. However, suppliers have seen noticeable increases in net debt over the past several years, and those are making headlines as well. Automakers are working their debt down. Help us understand how all of that will change the dynamic within the industry, and what should suppliers be really focused on? Yeah, the supplier picture is interesting because there is the, the tailwind of volume and more stability, but the, the debt levels, you know, the cash Total debt hasn't gone up so much, like the top line debt 
as much as the cash levels have gone down and been consumed through this period, where they haven't really been able to change pricing to anywhere near the degree that, that the automakers were. The automakers improved pricing far more than they had costs hit them, and the suppliers had the reverse over the last couple of years. Um, both are now being hit by labor cost increases. The debt levels are getting concerning because the interest coverage and the net debt levels are both at, at really high at peaks for um, a non-recessionary time. And that doesn't bode well for heading into any choppy waters for suppliers. So suppliers do need to, to figure out how to adjust pricing still um, to get back to the market and not be making unprofitable programs or putting things that do not have an economic return. They also need to figure out how to position to be on uh, growth waves. You know, the EV, we showed also the terminal value difference between an electrific electrification-oriented company as a supplier versus a more traditional company. The traditional companies on average um, have no terminal value. As in investors look at them and say, after three years, I don't believe your company is worth anything to me. I'm only valuing the next three years of your cash flows. That's a pretty extreme position, right? And this is not just ICE vehicles. This is you know, into body and glass and other commodities. Uh, commodities, I use the, <laughs> the automaker term there, obviously not right. commodities, but uh, somewhat commoditized in the sense that they're generally cost plus oriented things. They're not getting a, a premium on the technology or on their scarcity, like a battery company might be, or like some of the electronics and software oriented companies that go into software defined vehicles, ADAS or electrification. And so finding that pivot um, and convincing, uh, if you're a public company, the market that you have a, uh, a plan and the execution to, to go through that means uh, you'd be able to convince investors that you do have some worth. And so it's not even a convincing them that you'll win in the future. It's more convincing them that you'll, you'll give them their money back plus interest, which they really don't believe at this point at the current values. I'd say then the, uh, the, the ability to manage through an increasing rate environment, if, the, if you do have material amounts of debt, is going to be tricky and is going to be trickier when the automakers are under pressure because even though that we showed the, the supplier uh, earnings growing slowly, we showed the, the automakers earnings dropping faster than suppliers are growing. And when automakers get into more trouble, the first place they look at is the supply base to push. And so this is, is not going to be an easy time um, to be trying to reorient your relationship with automakers and your profitability on programs that you might have thought were going to be producing more volumes or uh, prices that you thought would be more stable and now you're paying more in energy and labor and other things that, that aren't indexed to the degree that, say, a raw material might be. It is the 20th annual Alex Partners Global Outlook and Mark Waitfield, definitely appreciate the insight and the analysis and, and the perspective on where this industry is headed. And thank you so much for being on the program. My pleasure. Thanks, Jason. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. 
Thanks again to my guest, Mark Wakefield, global co-leader of the automotive and industrial practice at Alex Partners in Detroit. And thanks for listening to Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>